scary basement. Each week, me and my friend Roxy are drawn inexplicably and supernaturally to this basement, wherein lurks every scary thing that has ever been, including a mortally wounded fawn, a puppet that dances with no strings, and girl with no rhythm, a chainsaw that wields a man, and a small bug that crawls in your nose and eats the part of your brain that appreciates art. My name is Mikey McCuller. Oh my god, that bug is so specifically vindictive. He just hates art. I know. Or maybe he loves art too much, so he wants to try and take it away from you because somehow that makes him absorbent and gain more appreciation for art. Well, you see, you see what Ultimate happened is critic. that bug had a career as an artist and it kind of fell apart. So just uh, out of his own shame, he wants to take it away from other people. Mm, I see. So no one can ever critique him ever again <laughs> or care about him, his art ever again, I guess. Very nihilistic of him. Thumbs down. Anyway, I'm Roxy Polk. Did I say that part yet? <laughs> I don't even know. Hi. I was waiting for it. <laughs> Roxy, let's start out as we always do with the scariest thing we saw this week. What went down in your life outside of this scary basement that spooked you to your very bones? I almost got hit by a car at a crosswalk, Mikey. That's scary. Whoa! Jump scared me out of my skin almost. I feel like my soul left my body. <laughs> the light, I had right of way, pedestrian had right of way. There was a walking sign. Uh, somebody just decided it was their turn, and they almost mm. plowed through a crosswalk. There was another person staying next to me. We both simultaneously freaked out together and luckily did not die together. But uh, damn, dude, <laughs> you could die at any point in your life. Do you know that? Uh -huh. Do you know that you could I, die at any time? We could die right now while we're recording this podcast. I'm sorry. Did you say you were walking with somebody or by yourself? It wasn't somebody I knew. It was just someone who was also crossing the crosswalk. So okay. it was like this stranger that we were like, holy fuck, that just happened. We almost died. <laughs> I thought when you said we almost died together, you were talking to about yourself and the driver. Oh. You, you would like leap forward <laughs> through the windshield and penetrate their chest. Hey, if they're going to try and take me out, then I'm going to try and take them out. So I do my darnest to try and do that, Mikey. It's a good call. I agree. I think that's how you should absolutely handle it. Roxy, uh, my scariest thing was also car related. Oh, no. Haunted cars this week. This week, I had to drive in the rain. And now, in LA. I live in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it very rarely rains in Los Angeles. And there's kind of this, uh, not so much a meme, but this like general understanding is like, uh, people in LA, they're like, uh, can't handle a little rain. What's the big deal? And it's like, no, no, no. It's a disaster when it rains in Los Angeles. Like the city <laughs> is not built for rain. Yeah, it's you like, don't have the infrastructure. It, it funnels down. So there are just like these big chasms of water. Like I was driving on the freeway in the middle of this rainstorm and I was just driving straight into like, Full-on adult-sized swimming pools oh, in the God. middle of the freeway. That's terrifying. It was upsetting. <laughs> terrifying. I could have almost died. And I don't want to die. I'm glad you didn't die. I'm glad nobody died. I'm glad died. you didn't die. Yeah, I'm glad we got <sighs> out of this alive, unscathed. Goodness. So, I don't know how much longer we're going to remain unscathed. Oh, here as we continue to deal with the demon bot. Mikey and Roxy. Because Valentine's Day quickly approaches, I got you roses. Hmm. Oh, This is very nice on the surface. These aren't like, I don't know, poisonous or have like evil snakes in them or something that are going to come out and bite us or something. Roxy, the roses are alive. Oh, my God. Oh, hold it by the stem, Roxy. Fuck. Fuck. Oh. Throw it on the ground. Stamp on it. 
killed it. <sighs> well, that will teach me not to buy flowers from Mushnik's flower shop. Anyway, this week you were assigned the 2001 film Valentine. Did you watch the film? He's so aggressive on Valentine's Day. Yes, I did watch it. <laughs> More aggressive than normal. It's not because I'm alone on Valentine's Day and secretly wish to ensure no one else is happy either. Yeah, that's a bummer for Demon Bot to just not have a, a special lady in his life. Yeah, imagine what it's like to be single like Demon Bot, and Demon Bot's the only one in this room who's single. <laughs> He's the only one who would know what that's like. Uh, yeah. Well, you haven't tried to kill anybody. You're so upset about Valentine's Day, Roxy, so I appreciate that about that's you. That's true. Anyhow. I'm not that far gone yet. You, you can commit me to an institution or something if I start giving people carnivorous roses. <laughs> We'll check in on you next Valentine's okay, Day. Okay, <laughs> we'll see how deranged I've gotten <laughs> in a year from now. But this week we did both watch the movie Valentine's Day, I assume. No, Valentine, uh, the yes it called, has. The movie is called Valentine. <laughs> from 2001. The most generic thing you could be titling it as. In any event, we did both watch the movie Valentine. Uh, I assume you did, Roxy. Yeah, yeah, I watched Valentine okay. from 2001. That's the one you watched, right? I did. And therefore, Demon Bot... We can keep our souls. Yeah, not getting them this week. How am I supposed to find a soulmate without a soul? That is why I need yours. <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna fix yourself with one thing. Yeah. Demon bot. It's and a also, personal Demon Bot, you have to get someone who loves you for you. If they don't love you without a soul, then why would they ever love you even if you had one? That's you don't want someone who is just gonna be a fair weather relationship here, right? Hmm. So that means I should not take life lessons from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh well, I guess I'll have to find meaning in tales from the crypt instead. Oh, Roxy, um, as the demon bot slinks away, I do want to point out, I don't know what there is to love about somebody besides their soul. <laughs> I think that's I mean, what you love about them. I feel like he's got a personality without having a soul, kind of, maybe. I guess it's just programming, that's true. huh? That's and he is That's like a true. robot, well, so you'd have to find like a someone who's into that, unless it's another robot. Uh, oh, hmm. well, may maybe he could bride a Frankenstein himself and make himself a bride, or now or a husband, a idea. whichever his inclination might be. Yeah, however he's feeling that day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Roxy, for anybody listening up at the cellar basement door who has not seen the film Valentine, what do you say we do a quick plot recap? Let's do it. The movie Valentine opens on a middle school dance where an ultimately not that nerdy looking boy named Jeremy Melton goes around and asks girls to dance. Five in total. The first three, Shelly, Lily, and Paige, are like, ew, no, get out of here, loser. The fourth girl, Kate, is like, um, maybe later, Jeremy. And the fifth girl, Dorothy, takes Jeremy by the hand, pulls him under the bleachers, and makes out with him. Total score for old J-Milt. But when a group of bully boys find Jeremy and Dorothy together, Dorothy makes a last-ditch attempt to save her social reputation and tells the boys that Jeremy forced himself on her. The boys call Jeremy a pervert and drench him with punch. We then catch up some 13 years later with the first girl to give Jeremy a mean rejection, Shelly. Now in college, Shelly is on a bad date, and she blows it off. Then heads back to her school's morgue to work on her final project, which is a cadaver, I guess. Uh, but then she steps away, and when Shelly comes back, someone has switched places with the cadaver. And that someone is a killer. Someone in a black peacoat with a cupid mask, brandishing a knife, chases Shelly, eventually catching her and slitting her throat. 
Then it's time to catch up with two more girls who rejected Jeremy that fateful night of the dance, Kate and Paige. The two gal pals are going speed dating, but their night is ruined when they get a phone call letting them know that their childhood, and apparently still to this day, friend, who is Shelly, is dead. At Shelly's funeral, Kate and Paige reconnect with Lily, another mean girl from the dance, and the treacherous Dorothy. <laughs> we also meet Kate's boyfriend, Angel, from the vampire show Angel. <laughs> David Boreanaz is here, guys. <laughs> They're going through a tough time because of how much Angel from the show Angel drinks. Alcohol, not blood. <laughs> that's a good, that's an important clarification. You're right. <laughs> Suddenly, the four surviving girls who were mean to Jeremy in middle school start getting creepy Valentine's cards from a JM. Uh, Jeremy Morton, maybe? Ever heard of him? Also, Lily gets a box of chocolates and a card that reads, you are what you eat. And there are maggots inside the chocolate. So I guess she's a maggot. What are we trying to say here? What's happening? Yeah, that's a good question. Also, how could you not notice them wiggling around? I think it might be because she said, you know. And so that's why he's like, I'll give you something to say you know about. Maybe. That's a good. <laughs> that's exactly right. You're exactly right. I didn't realize that. The yeah, movie does exactly not make that clear, though. It was only after like... <laughs> thinking about this movie the way harder than I needed this to. This movie will not make clear. <laughs> Truly. Uh, back in Dorothy's rich person mansion, we meet Campbell, a hot dude she met at yoga who needs a place to crash for just a minute until his internet investment kicks in. You know, those vague internet investments. They're all the rage <laughs> in 2001. Dorothy is in love with him and tells her stepmom, who is younger than her, to back off and not hit on the guy. <laughs> And I believe that's the last we see of the stepmom, Yep, right? she never shows up again. It seems like she's going to be a plot point, <laughs> that she'll be some sort of contention with some weird shit going on with her dad, and nope, never again. Unbelievable. The four surviving middle school mean girls then go to an art show put on by Lily's boyfriend, Max. Too many characters! I'm There's just realizing so many, in the moment. so many. Like, <laughs> each girl has a guy that could be a potential killer, I think, so <laughs> then there's just too many. <laughs> So, okay, one of the mean girls, Lily, has a boyfriend named Max. He's throwing an art show. Here, Dorothy is confronted by Ruthie, who is Campbell's ex-girlfriend, that hot yoga dude. She warns Dorothy that Campbell is a con man. And later, that Cupid masked killer shows up and gets Lily alone. There, he shoots her to death with a bow and arrow, as Cupid is wont to do. Yeah, and then she uh, falls into a garbage can that then closes falls on her. A garbage can. <laughs> yep. You indeed. <laughs> now that the three surviving girls are starting to suspect that the kid they were mean to before was the culprit, they go talk to the police again, and the detective tells them that with time and plastic surgery, Jeremy Milton could look like anyone. Dorothy also tells the girls uh, what really happened with Jeremy, and that they're pretty much nonplus that she just lied and like ruined this kid's life, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but let's be honest, the bullies were the ones who... Pushed her to say it and then drug him out and pantsed him. Uh, we then cut to the killer popping in at Kate's apartment where he finds Kate's weirdo neighbor inside, smelling her panties. The killer beats him to death with an iron. Then Dorothy and Campbell have bad sex for some reason. <laughs> I, don't so I don't understand that. Uh, and then, uh, can you believe it? This is happening all on the day of Dorothy's big Valentine's Day party. As Campbell wanders the giant rich person mansion house, he gets an axe in the back from the Cupid killer. And his internet investment was just one day away from blossoming. Damn. What a what a sad development, Mikey. <laughs> Crying. I don't think the movie actually says that, but uh it would be funny. It, no, it was, I mean it was like the it's internet 
the internet investor version of the uh, I was one day away from retirement. All right. Okay, at the Valentine's Day party, Kate has fun with Angel from the TV show Angel, who tells her she's he's no longer drinking. Dorothy's pissed because Campbell has seemingly ditched her. And Paige reconnects with Brian, a guy she met during the speed dating. They go upstairs, but instead of having sex, Paige ties him to the bed and burns his genitals with candle wax. Then Paige goes in the hot tub and gets murdered by the Cupid killer via a plugged-in electrical drill thrown into the water. With just two girls who are mean to Jeremy left, Kate learns from Max, uh, the art boyfriend who was invited to the party. I, I don't know why they brought him. True mystery. Uh, Max tells Kate that Lily never made it to L.A. She goes to Dorothy and tells her this revelation, wherein Dorothy suggests that the killer might be Angel from the TV show Angel. At this point, Kate calls the detective and soon after finds his head, the, the head of the detective, that is, bobbing in the pond outside the party. Now she knows it's T Angel from the TV show Angel. And then everyone at the party leaves because the power went out, except Kate and Angel oh, from the, the TV show out, okay. Angel. They have a tense discussion slash chase sequence wherein she knows he's the killer, but he doesn't know she knows he's the killer. And you know what? Even if he wasn't the killer, he's still drinking at the party after promising he wouldn't. So he's still bad. Then, after a bizarre set of ultimately fortuitous for the killer circumstances, the killer jumps out at Kate. They struggle, but the killer is shot a bunch in the chest by Angel from the TV show Angel. That's right. He's not the killer. So who is? It's Dorothy. Kate pulls off the mask and it's just Dorothy. But then Kate and Angel from the TV show Angel go outside and Angel from the TV show Angel's nose bleeds. So he was the killer? Or did he just have a nosebleed? What's happening here? <laughs> what an ending. <laughs> yeah, there's like a whole big thing that the freaking killer, his nose bleeds every time he like gets excited or does yes. a kill or something. And so they're like, mm, okay, there, there you go. David Boreanaz. I, I guess that's true. We do see uh, Jeremy Milton... At the very beginning, his nosebleed at the, at the dance. And then whenever the killer is there, uh, there's blood trickling out of the nose of the mask. Yeah, which like the, the mask is this Cupid mask, uh, which I guess because Valentine's Day theme, Valentine's Day dance. But like mm -hmm. you see it very briefly where there is a kid in the crowd when Jeremy's getting uh, bullied who is wearing the mask. And then like, I guess that's how he decides to wear it. I don't know. They wanted like an right. iconic mask. It works. But also, it feels weird. Like, why would he even do that? But okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's insane that he just happened to remember that image from his traumatic night at the dance. Mm -hmm. But then also, like, he's not really playing Cupid. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I, could, yeah. I could see there being some sort of killer where, like, I don't know, he's setting women up with uh, men who are going to kill them. <laughs> like, I think that would be, like, a fun way to be a murderous Cupid. But, like... Cupid puts people together. This guy's just going around and I think the only guys. way or the only point in which they actually take advantage of that is when he used the bow uses the bow and arrow for kills. Yes. Because Cupid has the a bow, bow and arrow. arrow. Cool. So like if he had been killing everybody with bow and arrows, I think it would have been mm -hmm. I don't know, more poetically aligned for whatever kind of uh fun theming thing they were trying to do here, but uh, we only get one of those. And which also I will say the kills in this movie are like super unimaginative. Like, they're kind of just getting stabbed for the most part. Or, yeah, or, uh, there's the set piece. I'd say when, again, when he uses the bow and arrow, because one, why would anybody be using a bow and arrow in a modern setting? So that's like a weird idea. <laughs> and then two, it's during that weird art show that is set up like a maze. So you've got all this weird, like, visual distortion and uh, literally like <laughs> the playing field that they have that they're messing with. And eventually she runs like outside the exhibit. So 
that's kind of like a cool framing device. And then, yeah, she literally falls down like, I don't know, five stories into a garbage can and then it closes on her yeah. and then nobody knows she's gone for like a week. Uh, so I'd say that one was you're, the you're most right. fun. That, and then that every other is, one. That kills awesome. Yeah. Then every other one is just like, oh, no, you know what? Okay. The Denise Richards one is quite extended. And I'd say that's kind of unique too. Uh, dying in the hot tub so he like how does she get in there he chucks her in there so they kind of have like a little tussle then he chucks her into the hot tub and then closes mm -hmm. and latches the lid which is made of like plexiglass or something and then mm -hmm. he has a cordless drill from somewhere because he knew he was going to be able to do this i guess and then starts just like right. drilling air holes into it or like drilling holes into it and she's kind of coming up for air at them so she's trying to mm -hmm. not suffocate to death and not get drilled by the drill bit so you keep expecting her to get like killed with the drill bit, but then he just sort of wounds her a bit, so she's distracted, opens it up, and then chucks the thing in there, and it electrocutes her. So right, <laughs> they have this cool set piece, like, and he's just like, "Eh, fuck it, just is taking it, too well, long." Exactly, it, it's just like it, he decides it's over, and then it's over, and it's just like mm -hmm. it, it's not particularly gruesome in any way, and it's not particularly like I don't know. I, 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 I don't love uh, uh, an electric, like a plugged in thing thrown into water death because they, they just like shake and then they're dead. Like, mm -hmm. what does that mean? What, what does it mean? Like, I want something thematic. You're exactly right when you talk about like the bow and arrow kill being like this. That's a really great horror movie kill. I, I think we should maybe talk about this at some point. Like, what do we want out of like a, a kill in a horror movie? What are we looking for? I want it to be kind of unique. I want, like, I want it to, like, have something that it can hang its hat on. I want it to be especially gruesome or you're stabbed in a place that you're not normally stabbed in. Uh, I hate a scream when they just get, like, stabbed in the stomach. Like, it's not, it's not enough. Everybody gets stabbed in the stomach. Yeah, like... What are you it, looking for, Roxy? It feels very simplistic in that way. I don't know. I'd say the way he sent maggots to the girl who then also ends up in the trash because she was like, ew, you're gross, no. And then she's mm -hmm. the one who's gross at the end. I feel like thematically that works because it's like, yeah, yeah, he's visiting that purpose upon her with to like get the revenge. Um, And I think mm -hmm. whatever Denise Richards' character said, she said something like that too, like, I'd, I'd rather drown or some something. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, but like... They were the only ones that did that. And again, mm -hmm. like I just briefly mentioned it, like, sure, the girls rejected him and other people saw it in the crowd. But like, he kept going on to ask the next girl. He wasn't really that deterred by it. It was the bullies who literally dumped shit on him, pulled him out into the crowd, pulled like his pants down and like humiliated him in front of everyone. Those are the dudes he should be getting revenge on. <laughs> it was so bizarre to me that like, those are the people who actually visited the, like, hideous trauma upon him. And then they mm -hmm. were not even mentioned in the movie, not an afterthought. It'd be one thing if, like, he killed all of them and now he's coming after the girls. I'd be like, yeah, sure, that mm. tracks. But, like, they're not mentioned at all. They're not important at all. For some reason, it's all these girls' fault for uh, rejecting right. him. And I guess Dorothy was, like, the impetus, but it's because she was scared by the social pressures and these, like, four boys who were, like... They were bullying her in that point, too. So it was more like, well, I don't want to be lumped right. in together and bullied, too. So he's my scapegoat. So, like, she... I could see she wouldn't him have done going that. after just Dorothy. Yeah. And, I mean, that's um, why he makes her the killer in the end. Because she mm -hmm. lied. So now he's going to make her lie again. Lie for him this time where she's the killer right. and he gets to get away. Yeah. he he She made it look like he did something he didn't do. So he's going to make it, her look like she did something she didn't do. Yeah. Although, 
did I miss it? Do they ever show him attacking her or putting her in the suit? Or it's just she's in the suit and then we see the nosebleed and those are the only pieces of information we get. Those are the only pieces of information we get. Yeah. Like they wanted to keep it sort of a mystery. It's definitely of that time period when Scream was really popular. So they kind of wanted to make it a whodunit. But they didn't Mm -hmm. really do a great job at making it a whodunit. Like I said, almost every girl has like a guy they're either pursuing or involved with who you could think, oh, maybe they're the killer. Maybe they're the person who's trying to get close to this group so he can take them out. Uh, Mm -hmm. So like the movie is trying to set that up, but it doesn't really do a great job of it, especially since like so many of these dudes are just cartoon characters. (laughs) The most tropey character you could write in 2001, Um, which kind of adds to the fun. But then also it's like, I don't believe any of these are potential uh, suspects. <laughs> really, I didn't anyway. What did you think, Mikey? Oh, really? I That was my favorite part of the movie, was going along and guessing who the killer was. I, I think they did. Th- that would I, I, is what I would say this movie has to hang its hat on. And I read an interview with the, the writers and directors where they were like, we worked really hard mm. to figure out where all the suspects were so that they were all theoretically could be the killer at any time. Okay. I was going through That's and I was so like, much, like tracking to have to do then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was having a lot of fun. Like uh, most of my notes and I took a lot of notes because it feels like a lot of stuff happens in yeah, this movie. So but quickly. like not a lot of it matters. So many characters do so many things <laughs> and yeah, a lot of it does not matter. <laughs> uh, but I was like writing down, I'm like, Oh, uh, uh, first of all, I thought it was angel. Angel's the only one that narratively makes sense. Like, yeah. unless they're resolving the the drinking problem in any sustainable way. But yeah, I definitely thought that like as we were going, I was like, is the neighbor a killer? Like I could buy that. Uh, and mm-hmm. then we see him. And then it's like Campbell kind of makes sense. I thought we were going to – I for some reason I became convinced halfway through that it was Dorothy. And I actually kind of wanted it to be Dorothy mm-hmm. in yeah. reality. Like I liked this idea It would be a much that, more fun subversion. Well, like – if what if Jeremy Morton had killed himself in the intervening years and she felt so guilty that she was like, uh, because I felt these social pressures with you guys, I did this thing to him. Like, I, that's where I thought they were going. And that's when she pulled the mask off. Like, I was pumping my fist mm-hmm. and they didn't. They didn't. They stuck. With the, yeah. The they idea. also keep this element that she resents them. And like, it's so funny to me when in the flashback, she's like. I was fat. And then it's like a perfectly normal looking little girl that they show. (laughs) She doesn't look fat at all. And then they decide to make that be her whole character where she's carried that with her. Where now when she's a very objectively attractive, like blonde, thin lady, she's still acting like she is like being persecuted is the wrong word. Like not getting every opportunity because she's still fat. She like never grew out of that. Yeah. Right. She she never got out of that mindset of being... Victim blame. She f- still feels like a victim of that, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Where she can blame everything were- on, like, I don't get what I want because you guys still see me as a fat girl. And it's like, no, you were never fat in the first place. And then, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Blame all of your it, it's a- problems on something from your middle school year, sure. I would argue that the casting specifically of Dorothy on both ages are, like... Because you're right, that kid didn't look that fat. Like, I wouldn't, I, I didn't see that kid and think, oh, that's a fat kid. Like, you can cast a fat kid if the story calls for her to be a fat kid. You can yeah. do that. But, like, and then also, the it wasn't like she was the hottest. Like, if Dorothy grew up to be Denise Richards, mm-hmm. then it would be like, oh, she blossomed. And now, like, we would really see that contrast between, like, but we don't treat you like a fat girl anymore because you're history's hottest woman. Yeah. <laughs> and I would argue 
that this movie throughout made the least interesting choices it could. Uh-huh. It's it's very lame to me that these characters are all the exact same characters they are in sixth grade. I think that sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that nobody, like, it would have been so interesting to me if, like, the nice girl was, like, if um the, the girl who grew into our final girl mm-hmm. uh, by the end of the movie, uh, Kate, who ultimately ended up being Kate, was the girl who was uh super mean to him. Like, because we change as we grow. Like, yeah. And then that's kind of like this interesting, like, oh, now she's the one who is nice and has a connection with him as an adult. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't quite know what to do with that because he's still traumatized by the the rejection, I guess. Yeah. It would have been a much more interesting dynamic. There's so much more to like, uh, like, that was the number one thing I wanted. I wanted a very, a, a much chubbier girl to play the girl he made out with. And then that to have grown into Denise Richards. <laughs> like, uh-huh. and then we could like sit and revel in this like, oh yeah, wow. People are sure different as they grow up. Also like the, <sighs> the quote unquote fat girl is super rich. Like her dad is like a mm-hmm. millionaire or something. So she's very rich by association. So it's one of those things too, where like, even if she's quote unquote fat, her money would probably make her popular in a way anyway. Right. Where she could like buy the newest things, the most fashionable things, buy her friends things. <laughs> so maybe they could that could have been an angle. But I do want to say the casting they did of the uh, younger girl who played Denise Richards looks just like her. <laughs> I don't know how they <laughs> found true. that kid. That's I almost true. thought it was Denise Richards herself playing herself, like as a younger kid, and they did something with makeup. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> that kid spot spot on. They did a good job with her. <laughs> That's very true. That was very funny. <laughs> While we're talking about, like, even if this girl was on the chubbier side, that she'd still be popular because she's so rich. Like, the way that Jeremy, is it Milton or Morton? I'm got, I've gotten this wrong every time, I feel like. I think it's Milton. Milton. Uh, the way that Jeremy Melton is what Melton? I have written down. I don't know. I'm the way that up. Jeremy Melton goes up to these girls in, you know, sixth or seventh grade and is just like, do you want to dance? Like that to me speaks to a confidence. Like I don't feel like certainly as, as I was growing up that like the nerds were asking people out. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if, if he had been bullied the rest of his time, he would be beaten down and be afraid to approach them. The fact that he's just like so confidently going up and asking them to dance that to me speaks to a kid that's kind of ballsy, that kind of like is feeling himself. And he's, uh, I mean, maybe he was, and then <laughs> the punch was just enough to. Well, he got pants. Yeah, so- like they, they took off his clothes yeah, in front of everybody and like humiliated him at like with a huge group of people just pointing and laughing essentially. Um, and like I said, yeah, like one girl turns him down, he goes to the next one. He really doesn't feel like he has animosity towards them for rejecting him. Yeah. So it's not until those bullies drag him out and pants him that then he breaks, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, it's a very strange choice. Also, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Jeremy Melton. 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 He melts like chocolate? I don't he, know. He, <laughs> uh, well, when you tell him you love him. I guess so, yeah. When he looks like <laughs> David Boreanaz, sure. <laughs> Roxy, why do you think these people are all still friends? Um... Did you maintain any friendships with your friends from sixth grade? Um, sixth grade, no, but middle school, yes, actually. My yeah. my best friend from childhood is still one of my best friends uh, who I talk to pretty regularly. Um, but I know oh, that okay. is not That's nice. super consistent, and she's like the only one I still talk to. 
I feel like for this movie to function, it needs to have, like, a sisterhood of the traveling pants. Like, their friendship has to have been battle-tested. Yeah. The fact that they grew together. Like, they should be the best of friends. They're not even together at the, whatever, the dance, the school dance. They're all in disparate, like, separated parts of the dance. So I assume none of them were friends. So it was more of a surprise when it was like, oh, they're friends now as adults? How did that happen? Okay. And then they explain like, oh, no, we've been friends since forever. It's like, okay, yeah, one, I didn't get that. Two, I guess the movie just needed to have you be friends. So they weren't even going to bother wasting time showing that. Mm -hmm. But it's, again, like these unusual things that we always talk about. Like, Mm -hmm. what is the unusual thing here? One is that this kid was traumatized and becomes a killer. But the other unusual thing that is enough to build a movie around, as, again, the sisterhood of the traveling pants is done. Yeah. Is that you can have these lifelong friendships that are wild and and you have to imagine these friendships to a certain extent are defining them if they've lasted this long and these are the people that they hang out with still to this yeah. day. Especially since they're all these in very disparate places. Like they're not all doing the same thing. Like it's not like, oh, they all yeah. decided to become writers or something. So that's a, what bonded them. Like one is a rich girl who doesn't have a job as far as I can tell. Uh, one of them, Catherine Heigl, she's uh, training to go to med school and they haven't even seen her in years. So she's not even mm-hmm. really keeping up with them. Then our main final girl is like super poor in a broken down apartment. Um, I don't even know. She says something about working at a paper. So I guess she's a writer. Like that's how she met David Boreanaz. Right. He was also she's a, a writer a journalist. at the paper. Yeah. And then the other two... Like, I don't know what Denise Richards is, what her deal is. She's just the hot one. We don't get oh, any Oh, her job more. is to be hot. There you go. Yeah, that's how she's employed. She collects Makes a sense. paycheck uh, from this. I don't know if you know this about men. We all chip in. Oh, okay. <laughs> we, to we pay all Denise chip Richards in to support the, the hottest women around. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm describing OnlyFans. <laughs> yep. That's what's happening here. <laughs> it's real. But no, it I, I don't know. There. Uh, we are not given like much time or attention or detail with these characters, and for the amount of time spent in this movie doing things that don't matter, like maybe you could have done more of that with your time, or just f- figured out a more succinct way to do it. And I did see some interviews and some information about this movie, uh, which it was kind of like in mm. development hell and went through a bunch of rewrites and stuff, and then some info got leaked and it changed what who the killer was. So, oh, really? Yeah, the original writing of this is actually supposed to be that Dorothy was the killer and that Jeremy kind of had a redemption arc where he felt like he, it seemed like it was more centered around him maybe in that way if hmm. Dorothy is the killer because then they were going to have an actual genuine relationship between David Boreanaz and uh, our final girl instead of it being that he oh. was the killer also and then they're in a relationship for some reason. Hmm. And also it was supposed to be set like the horrible thing that happened was in college and it was more extreme than what we got. But the studio was like, that sounds right. That's not relatable enough. You should have it be they were embarrassed as kids, I guess. And then all this other stuff. And then when David Boreanaz got signed to it, some like tabloid leaked that, oh, David Boreanaz is cast and he's the killer in this movie. And they were like, but he's not. We don't have him written as the killer. Well, now we have to write him as the killer, I guess. I don't know. He ended up having to be huh. written as the killer after that. That sucks. Which was really That's weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it went through all sorts of changes. So it's a shame that they did originally plan for Dorothy to be the actual killer. And I think she would have had more motivation with, like, her resentment and everything. I don't think you need to have mm-hmm. Jeremy be, like, the hero or champion of the movie. I don't think you really need that. I don't know what the this version of the movie would have looked like with that. 
Well, th- I mean, at, at least then it would be one character who changed from who they were in sixth yeah. grade to now. Yeah. That, uh, that's all I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one little hint of difference. Another weird thing about this movie, it's based on a novel. Apparently. Not at all. It has nothing to do with the novel. Apparently, the executives were just like, uh, I like that title. Let's option that book. Seriously. And then they just made a movie. It's just like I know what and- you did last summer. <laughs> Is that what I know what you did last summer, did? Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about it before, too, where it's like, yeah, this wasn't a slasher whodunit, but that's what the movie we got is. <laughs> was it so disparate then? Did you, like, look up the details of what the movie Valentine was? Or the I book, read sorry. a blog by the author who did not talk about what his book was, but he gives, oh. like, a review of this movie as though it's just, he's just like, it's a normal slasher movie from this era. The cast's a little better. <laughs> The only thing that is truly surprising is seeing my name in the credits because it's all I care about is my bank account. <laughs> like they sent me money to make a different movie. And so this guy, okay, this author wrote a book. They made a different movie. It had nothing to do with his book and he gets money for it. I mean, I can respect that. Get your bag dude like the gig. go for it um especially That's if gig i want like i i would be interested though to have him break down differences i mean maybe it's just so different he's like it's literally nothing like it maybe it is mm. i'd like to know what if anything they kept it <laughs> sounds like maybe nothing he, he did at least say that um this is a teen slasher movie which is not what i wrote okay <laughs> it's not the book i wrote yeah, so that's like at a- the very least it's not like a whodunit killer movie yeah, that's like a respectful way to be like, yeah, this is nothing like, <laughs> this is not the thing I wrote. Uh, <laughs> hope you guys enjoy it. Anyway, not my thing. Thanks for the money. <laughs> I will say there's also something I really, really love about this, like, this horror movie set, like, I feel like this is kind of how I was for a while, where it's just like, you and your friends are obsessed with dating, and kind of all you talk about is who you're dating and what's going on, and like, I kind of like a, a Valentine's horror movie that exists in that world, because mm-hmm. these girls are... <clears throat> Like, I don't even know how to quite describe it because they're not boy crazy, but they are date crazy. Yeah, it's kind of like a... dating and going and meeting people. Yeah, it's kind of set up like a rom-com in a lot of ways. Like, a lot of these scenes look Mm. like they're more at home in a rom-com. And I think because they're all preparing for Valentine's Day and specifically this Valentine's Day party. So they're like, I want to have a date for Valentine's Day and for this party. So I think setting it during Mm -hmm. this time of the year specifically, they're able to do that. Whereas, like, I don't know if they'd be this date crazy any other time of the year, maybe. But I think, yeah, that's the persona we get from them in this movie because it's centered around this event, I suppose. I I got the vibe that they were all uh, date crazy. If only because it opens with a date that Katherine Heigl's on. Um, We we talk about, like, they go on the speed dating Mm -hmm. deal. Denise Richards and uh, Lily are, like, uh, getting videotapes from people. They're doing online dating before there was an internet. And here's a question I have. Mm -hmm. How sex positive are these women, do we think? Because there's a lot of conflicting information. Yeah, Yeah, it seems like they're framing Denise Richards as being, like, very confident in her sexuality and sort of not giving Mm -hmm. a shit. But then some of the other girls will also, like, call her a slut or talk about how she, like, sleeps with everybody or something. And she seems, like, more annoyed than, like, offended. So I'm not sure how much of it is, like, them giving her shit and how much of it is them, like, actually believing that, like, by calling her a slut, they really think she's a slut. You know, I don't know. Well, and that's, like, I thought we were trending towards Denise Richards is the one who just, like, enjoys sex and is confident in her sexuality and does it. And then she goes... 
to this party and the guy like, he's like, hey, do you want to go upstairs? I have a surprise for you. And she's like, mm, show me. Like, it's very sensual. And like, yeah, I but- was like, yeah, she knows she's going to go have sex. And then he goes and takes out his penis and she's like, that was the surprise. Like, what did she think was going to be the surprise well, if not okay. a penis? That so was a I penis think- pres- proposition. <laughs> I think it's not that she wasn't expecting that to be part of the equation. I think it's because he's so fucking selfish and douchey about it. He's just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, come up here. Here's my dick. Suck it, bitch, is basically the energy this guy gave. And she was like, um, no, you're going to do what I want you to do. So get on the bed and I'm going to think like you think you're getting sexy times. Well, nah. I'm gonna. I'm not interested in you anymore because you proved yourself to be a douchebag. So take that. That's fair. That that there is a little bit of that, but it just felt like I don't know. I thought she was going up there to have sex with him, and then she almost was like offended that he wanted to have sex. I think it's just because he was a douche about it. If he had if he had played that as not a douchey thing, I think we would have gotten a sex scene (laughs) with Denise Richards. But uh. I I think she was already like. She was already weird, like, because you're right when you say that, like, he he uses the exact line, uh, well, what are you waiting for? Wax it. Yeah, which like, oh, is very funny. <laughs> it's a very funny, yeah, insane they were thing like, to what's say. What's like the most douchey, gross thing we could get him to say? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but she's already at that point. She's just like, really? That's the surprise. <laughs> it was very. It was again. It was like conflicting information. I don't know how she feels about it. So I was like, are these? Uh, uh, boy crazy gals trying to get married? <laughs> like, are they are they saving themselves? Uh, which I didn't get from any of them. Uh, it felt very like all over the place in terms of how like slut shamey they were versus yeah. like how open they were about like how much so, dating they're doing. I don't know. With uh, our main girl dating David Boreanaz, they've had like a on again off again relationship where it's like if he wasn't a alcoholic there would be no problems like they'd be in a relationship Mm. just fine but it's like he will relapse and then she'll be like i can't trust you and i can't be with you if you are going to keep doing this like it's one thing to like slip and then get back on the wagon but he just does it so constantly that like she's like okay i can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves and like this can't be my Mm -hmm. life um but she still likes him so they've got an on again off again thing so she's not really looking for a guy but, like, she goes on that speed dating thing with Denise Richards, and Denise Richards even, like, snipes a dude that she's talking to, uh-huh. like, leans over and is like, hey, guy. what's up? Yeah, exactly. The waxic guy. <laughs> and you get the impression from their conversation that she's done this before, because she even says, like, wow, that was only, like, 30 seconds before you sniped that guy from me, huh? So you mm-hmm. get the sense that, like, she will do that within the other girls and their relationships and stuff, too, where she mm-hmm. will just, like, flirt with them, or, like, with the other guys that the girls are dating or interested in uh because at the art show as well what the internet company guy he's like on his own (laughs) before uh the i I hate referring to her as fat girl but i can't remember what her name is and she keeps saying (laughs) all the time dorothy okay uh so dorothy is not with him so he's on his own and so denise richards like flirts with him and then uh Mm -hmm. dorothy shows up and is like he's taken and like kind of grips his arm and whatever Mm-hmm. And then Denise Richards is like, oh, sorry, I didn't know. Like, I wouldn't have done it if right. if I knew, the, like, you actually liked him. So she's not always just trying to snipe it. I don't know. It seems more like good nature. Like, she knew that uh, our main girl was not interested in wax it guy. So she was just, like, mm. moving in to, like, use that as a play to get him because she was interested, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know how much she's doing that to a damaging degree. But, of course, Dorothy's reaction makes me think, mm, maybe she does do this a lot. 
<laughs> right. Well, but if Dorothy is still like, oh, they take everything from me because, of course, I would never have a hot guy because I'm so uh, morbidly obese to this yeah, day. It's like, so, if she's still in that mindset. It's so bizarre. She's like a attractive, white, blonde lady who is also very thin um, mm-hmm. and rich, rich as hell. So, like, there's no reason why she wouldn't have guys falling all over her. It's really weird that it's just they gave her this character trait where, like, yeah, she's just still talking about how, like, remember when I was fat in sixth grade? Okay, that's my whole character <laughs> bit, even though I'm, like, a 30-year-old adult now. Like, okay. Right. <laughs> uh, listen, I could see there's also an angle that I wish they could play up a little more, where, like, anybody who's friends with Denise Richards feels insecure about themselves. Like, it mm-hmm. would be very funny if, if she was, like, if, like, there was a, 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 you know, Campbell comes into the picture and he's like, you're fucking beautiful. What are you talking about? And she's like, have you seen my friend? She's history's hottest girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, she's a fucking smoke show. She makes me go ga 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 gooey. If they had played up that where it's just like Denise Richards is kind of the friend which they all orbit and kind of like defines the um, defines the social vibe, you know? She's the one who... I feel if like she's she always does. dating, they're always yeah. dating. But yeah, we kind of, these characters are just, I, I don't know, maybe we're asking too much from this movie. <laughs> maybe this movie has to just be like, it's honestly enough that the characters are all pretty different and we can kind of get a vibe yeah. from all of them. I mean, I feel like they're kind of doing the surface level tropey kind of thing, that things that a lot of movies from this era did that honestly are kind of fun. Like, they don't have to be super mm-hmm. deep to be a fun or just like yeah. goofy movie like this. Um. Like, we didn't even tar- talk about Art Show Guy, where the girl who mm-hmm. gets shot with arrows, um, she's dating him, kind of. Like, they're sort of seeing each other. And so they're, like, making out in his art show, and then his, like, art assistant is, like, sort of unbuttoning her shirt as if she's like, hey, can I join too? <laughs> and uh, the girl from the friend group is like, wait, what? Like, I thought we were exclusive, kind of? And he was mm-hmm. like... No, we're not. Like you, he, there's a line he says where she like says, "Man, I didn't think you were like this much of a sleazeball creepazoid or something funny like that." Right. Uh, it was like, and he's like, <laughs> "You guys just haven't like, defined the relationship, baby. You knew that from the start that I was like that. Like what? <laughs> like, he was yeah. upfront about that's being what, that's a what I mean. like, dude, this... and then she's surprised." <laughs> In terms of what this friend group is expecting from men, it's kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like, I got the vibe that she was date. She's dating like. First of all, she's still doing online dating. She's still watching tapes. Yeah, she's getting so what the tapes. I thought we were exclusive. Yeah, and then she finds he's like, yeah, I invited my assistant to come join us sexually, and she like judges him. Like you're also like you didn't think you were exclusive, dude. You're yeah. still dating yeah. somebody else. I think that's I also don't why know it's what funny. They, like, are they all looking to get married? Do they all want to get married to these boys? Because they're not behaving like people who want to get married. Yeah. But they're also not behaving like people who want to have sex. They're also not pe- behaving like people who have some sort of like pathological like dating desire. You know what I mean? Like those people who uh, date and date and date just to like fill a hole in themselves. They're not doing anything. This movie can't decide what these women want out of a date. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're even there just to maybe be a contrast to um, David Boreanaz and the main girl. Like, maybe it's because, like, she seems relatively serious about him, and she was also the one who, in middle school, like, wasn't a jackass to him, uh, like, outright. She said maybe later, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure if he came back later, she'd be like, no, (laughs) you know, or turn him down. (laughs) But at least she wasn't trying to, like, humiliate him 
in that way. Like right. all of the other girls were she like, She wasn't offended Ew. by the suggestion. Yeah, she just wanted to like n- nicely decline because she's just like, I'm just not interested in you. And, you know, like that's that's not your fault. It's not my fault. I'm just not. You know what? I didn't really think about it that much, but like Lily in that um, scene with the art guy and the art assistant where uh-huh. he's like proposing a threesome, she kind of reacts the same way she does to Jeremy Melton, mm-hmm. where she's just like, ew, you fucking creep. You like suggest this. Like a threesome isn't inherently wrong or bad or like one way or the other. It's just like another sex thing that he like was bringing up. And she was like, ew, no, that doesn't work for me. Um, but she reacts the same way. She's just like, ugh, you fucking creep. <laughs> like, I kind of want her to like, even at the bagel shop, like, they're like, did you want a uh, cream cheese with that? And she's like, ew, fuck, no. <laughs> cream cheese, you, fr- you freak, you pervert? No. <laughs> I think it's maybe to show how short-sighted they are and how they're not even really thinking about the people they're dating. They just want to date someone. It's like the fear of being alone, maybe, or the fear of being judged by your peers because you are alone. Um, I would love that take. I would Which love it I, if that was yeah, what this movie Yeah, I feel was like about. I have to reach to get to that conclusion, but maybe it's trying to say mm-hmm. maybe the original draft had more instances of that and so I'm seeing some sort of echoes of what might have been. Yeah. <laughs> that that's the thing that's what I mean like there's there's bits of this movie where it's like, "Oh yeah, they're they're trying to land a husband." You know, which is a normal thing. The reason a lot of people date. Mm-hmm. Then there's the the having sex version. Then there's the uh, we are empty in our own lives and need something. Mm-hmm. And uh, my first thought coming into this movie, if I'm getting hired to script doctorate, is like, eh, pick a lane. Just make a decision yeah. <laughs> what they all want out of relationships, and make Jeremy be the opposite of that. And then they th- those two worlds then are coming. Like if Jeremy is like looking for marriage and uh, these girls are just dating for the sake of uh having sex, then he's like, well, don't, like, then it almost becomes like a nice guy horror movie. Like, the killer is coming after them because he's like, don't you know how good I'd be to you? And they're like, no, we want to just have fun and that's okay. And and your perspective is butting up against ours and it's d- being dramatized in the form of you being a killer. Yeah. Damn, it, that'd be cool. Because especially, like, that'd when you cool think movie. about the timing of all of it, like, why did he choose now this year to do it? Why not two years ago? Why not five <laughs> years from now? It's not like it's any sort of an anniversary. He's already got the girl he likes. So what does it matter? Right. Like, maybe if the other girls were trying to sabotage their relationship or, like, talk bad about him, maybe that would be an issue. But it's like, he's already got the girl he wants. Literally, all he has to do is just not have a drinking problem. And she's like, yes, you're David Boreanaz. I want to date you. Like, all he has to do is not drink. That's it. Um, and he get I the girl. I love the way you... So. <laughs> the way you put that just now, it's just like, well, what's even... What is he, why does he even care? Yeah. <laughs> why is he even doing this? Like, I would love it if that's her reaction. Like, if that's Kate's reaction, she gets the blood dripping. She's like, the killer's blood was dripping. You're the killer? But we were together. Why did you do all this? Yeah. <laughs> what is the point? Especially because his last line is like, I've always loved you. Like, I love you. I've always loved you. And then his nose is dripping and you're like, okay, yeah, because she was the one who didn't like outright reject him at the dance. I guess that's why. Hold even on. Even though he went to go you're- make out with what's her face under the bleachers even after the rejection. So I don't think you really exactly. did. <laughs> what do you mean you always loved her? You try. She was like. The middle of the yes. five girls you asked to exactly. date. You always loved her. Why not go to her first then, you maniac? Yeah. And then only go to her. Like, that's <sighs> the only thing that would make sense. And then you could have the bullies. Maybe Like, it would make sense if he asked her out on a date and she was like, no. And then, <clears throat> like, when he felt so sad and rejected, then he asks out 
the the fat girl and then he gets bullied um and yeah. then he visits it upon those bullies and maybe the girls are dating those bullies or something like anything they could have done so many more things to make him more coherent we're just script doctoring it now at this point i don't do we have anything more to say it, about the movie proper? I don't know. Which it needs. <laughs> I do have one last thing that I want to tell you about. Okay. What? Whoa, what? That I found. Campbell's ex-girlfriend, the rich woman who comes in yeah, and tells Yeah, we barely even Lily, talked about her. Uh-huh. Um, she has a very funny moment where she just, like, starts rummaging through bags. Yeah, to get, to get like, money. Because, like, he stole money yeah. from her. And she's like, well, I'm going to, like, go and do this thing. And she's, like, very... Very unnatural. She feels like the most car- one of the most cartoonish characters, I'd say, aside from like Absolutely. some of just the dudes from Speed Dating, where she is like this weird rich girl with an affected accent that doesn't make sense, and she's got like a little <laughs> uh, sweater tied around her neck, which is like you know movie code for "I'm too rich to uh, fuck with you. Get out of my way." She she's what you'd call a preppy. And there you go. And so she just like steals his Rolex that was a gift from. Uh, <laughs> Dorothy and like wears it and is like yes this man's Rolex looks really great on me and then uh yeah I referred to her in my notes as the rich jilted thief mm-hmm. but with like a question mark like why yeah. <laughs> a little note I found in the um in the Wikipedia for this movie oh uh in the video game world Hetty Burris who played the rich jilted thief is best known as the English voice of leading character Yuna in Final Fantasy X and its sequel, Final Fantasy Wait, X2. No way. Are you kidding? I knew you would love it. Oh my oh, god. I'm so I had no idea. I didn't place her at all. I guess she was affecting she like a, a rich Fantasy. girl accent, but that is uh that is insane. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Oh, I'm so happy I could bring that to you. <laughs> I had no idea. That makes me want to rewatch it now and see if I can hear it. That's amazing. And then I guess oh, she ended up excited. in Kingdom Hearts 2 and Final Fantasy Dissidia because she continued her voice acting roles and all that. That sounds right. Uh, anything else we need to say about the film Valentine? I guess this was like so many of these stars like hot, hot era. Like this is when Denise Richards and mm. David Boreanaz were probably at their most, I don't know, in demand. Mm. Uh, so like it yeah. must have been a huge get for this script to get them signed on to it. And Catherine mm-hmm. Hegel. 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 I'm not sure how big she was in 2001. I don't know if that was Grey's Anatomy yet. I I, lear- I learned a little bit about it because I was personally shocked she was killed. I remember watching that first scene and I was like, man, it's too bad he's going after Katherine Heigl because I-, I would want him to kill the first person he stalks to like establish the killer as a threat. And yeah. then he did. And I was like, oh, I guess Katherine Heigl's gone. Um, the reason her role was so short, or maybe not the reason, but she only had a couple days to shoot it okay. because she had just been cast in the show Roswell and was oh, committed to that. Oh, that was before Roswell even. Okay. So, it's also very much the Scream thing where they're like, here's a big name and we're going to kill them off in the opening scene. Like, she mm-hmm. got Drew barrymore Um But but it's it's almost backwards because I think she was the least big name of them all at, the at time. that okay. time. Yeah, I guess if she hadn't even done Roswell yet, like Roswell is probably what put her on the map initially, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, I just was like, I, I thought for sure she was, you know, our final girl. I thought, like, yeah, why did we I spend so, so much time? I thought so, too. I was time? like, okay, she's going to get away from this, right? Because she's Catherine Heigl, right? She's got to be the main yeah. girl. And then I was very surprised when she was not. <laughs> why did we see the date she went on with? I mean, it was a very funny little scene where she goes on a date with a guy who refers to himself in the third person. His name is Jason. Uh-huh. It's like, Jason likes this. Like, yeah, why did oh we see God. that? <laughs> What? It was what so is, extended, like, yeah, several scenes of that. Usually, you know, like, when you think of, when I 
mentioned Drew Barrymore. That's one whole scene where that happens. And that's the mm-hmm. opening scene. And it's a huge, like, bombastic thing that, like, plays with your expectations and the tone. Which I guess, yeah, like, the tone of this movie, sometimes it wants to be a romantic comedy. And then, yeah, sometimes it wants to be a generic slasher whodunit mm-hmm. vape and scream. Yeah, I don't know. Just kind of all over the place. Uh, that being said, oh. I had fun watching it. Like, I like these type of movies. They're, like, my kind of popcorn garbage. Like, some people will watch reality shows or something and be like, yeah, that's that's my, like, uh-huh. guilty pleasure. Movies like this are, like, my guilty pleasure. Especially well, this time on that period. note, uh-huh. why don't you give it a rating on our scale from one to five thumbs? Remember, we can go over two thumbs. We can give it two thumbs up ourselves, but we also have this big box of hands so we can add up to three more thumbs. How would you rate Valentine as a trashy slasher movie? I'd say, oh, God, this was really hard. Okay. <laughs> so I think it's better than a one, but I don't think it's a two. So I think I got to go 1.5. Because uh, I did enjoy it, but yeah, like, I couldn't recommend this movie to anybody. I wish I could, unless they're like, yeah, I like trashy slasher movies from the 2000s. I'd be like, then yes, there you mm-hmm. go. That, that Add it to your, go. your list. You'll have a fun time. Um, but yeah, like, for all the reasons we just talked about, yeah, it doesn't really have much more to recommend outside of that, I guess. Unless, like, you really like Denise Richards, or if you're like me and had a crush on Angel from the TV show Angel and Buffy, you know, when you were mm-hmm. watching that as a kid. Um, yeah. What about you, Mikey? What do you think? Roxy, I gave it the exact same score. You did. All right. (laughs) Sinking up two weeks in a row, Mikey. It's so much fun in the moment. Yeah. I I had a lot of fun, like, jotting down who I thought was the killer. Mm -hmm. I was very excited. Like, I I was like, I think this is a fun whodunit, even though it's very clear whodunit. Uh Uh, There were moments when I was, like, doubting it. And then they actually pull off the mask of the killer and it's a different person. Like, that's a lot of fun. But then it's just it's the moment that movie's over, it's all gone. There's nothing to seek your teeth into. Just last week, we talked about The Invisible Man, and we had so much, like, that we were like, oh, yeah, this is how real life works. This is, it makes me think about this, about relationships. This yeah. makes me think about what there is. Like, there is absolutely nothing to sink your teeth into in this movie. And maybe, again, we're expecting too much from this movie. And I don't even know that I was necessarily expecting it from this movie. This movie is not that. But therefore, you get a 1.5. Also, a cardinal sin. Oh. This is why I, I would have gone 1.75, but I did take away 0.25 thumbs. Okay. This movie has no boobies. If I'm watching a crappy slasher movie like this, I honestly, I don't even, it doesn't even need to be Denise Richards' boobies, but I do need to see some boobies. Yeah, so there is, there is a shower scene where it is like very chastely framed, and then Denise Richards mm-hmm. gets in a bikini, so we do get like her sexy wet in a bikini, mm-hmm. but yeah, she's in a bikini. That's what that's one of these tro- like I, I need fun kills, I need boobies, I need at least one and, and they they got this. We didn't talk about him at all, but um Kate has a neighbor who is just like, oh, we need a wacky oh, Kramer yeah. type figure. Yep, literally <laughs> freaking into her house somehow. How he- I guess she's just leaving the door open. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Uh, Matthew Lillard from Scream, I think, kind of fills this role. Like, I want a character that's just kind of offbeat. That's a little funny, that's a little weird. Um they that, a lot like, of is those, kind though. of memorable. Uh, they, and this one, they, um, they have him, but he's gone very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he does, he says, uh, it's fate, Kate, we're, don't be late, Kate. And yeah. it's very dumb. It's like one of the dumbest scenes I've ever seen in a film. And I'm yeah. so happy it was there. I was so, so I was very surprised that he even existed. Yeah. And then he dies and nobody says anything about it or acknowledges it. Again, he just exits <laughs> the movie. 
At least he got killed, so that's a reason for him to exit the movie. But there's so many characters that just show up and they're there they go. <laughs> Never again. Roxy, he got killed in the main character's apartment. Yes. And she, in the next scene, comes home to her apartment she and there's nothing know. different. Yeah, because, like, he <laughs> kills that guy and then he shows up down at the front staircase and is like, hey, I got this, I got a valentine for you. And it's like a lollipop with a little heart note stuck to it and he gives it to her because he like pretends that he's been buzzing her apartment to try and get in and he's like oh yeah i just got Ugh. off from work so it's like oh yeah he didn't he didn't kill the guy because the killer's in the building right no he killed that guy then ran downstairs and pretended to be like uh waiting for her in that way it's, so it's when so did he dumb. hide the body like, where did it go was there blood i guess he bludgeoned him with a uh the iron so i suppose the maybe iron, there wasn't yeah. a bunch of blood but still you had to dispose of a body and then nobody found it yeah, did he just throw it out the window and into the trash? Yeah, just another trash slam dunk. And also, Scream already did this and much better, where the killer kills somebody and then goes outside and takes off their costume and then just like climbs in, like when Billy Loomis climbs into Sydney's window. Mm -hmm. Like, we, we've already seen this. I don't know. It's fine. This movie's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just fine. I don't want to put, like, it, it's, it's like, uh, I feel like so much of when we're talking about a movie like this, it's like handing a toddler a, a, a fencing saber and just being like, score a point on me. It's like, it's this toddler is not equipped to do fencing. <laughs> we shouldn't expect it to. Yeah, <laughs> that's God fair. Bless it. And I mean, again, like we Although, said, it is fun. Like, if you yeah. like this style of movie, please go watch it. it. I mean, now you know who the killer is. But again, it's probably not too uh, mysterious. Yeah, it's very um, clear. But... Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said. Not every movie has to be something that wins an Emmy. Like, a, a movie can just be dumb fun. It doesn't have to mm -hmm. always be, like, trying to talk about the deepest human fears imaginable or something. But if it's going to be this dumb, it does have to have boobies. Fair point. Roxy, do you have a question for me? I do. So a lot of this movie hinges on Valentine's and the receiving of them. Uh, so I was thinking, Mikey, when is the first ever time you remember getting a Valentine on Valentine's Day? Um, so my elementary school, I definitely remember we all would like make our little boxes and you were kind of, if not required, like it was sort of like unspoken that you got a Valentine for everybody. Yes. So I, I, did for the do, whole class. I do remember getting Valentine's every year from everybody. But the first time I remember it mattering was maybe fourth or fifth grade when the girl I had a crush on, whose name was Elena, oh. you know, you could either do Valentine's where you just write from Mikey on the envelope and put it in, or you could individually write everybody's name, Abby, Krista, like, and then put, you know, uh, uh, Griffin, <laughs> because uh -huh. you had to give it to all, all the boys too. Uh -huh. um, and I would always get like Ninja Turtle Valentine's because I was a nerd kid. I mean, the fact that they even knew I that to give it to you, that's. That says something. No, no, no. Right? I mean, I would buy Ninja Turtles. Oh, Valentine's I see. That I would bring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They would all bring their favorite things. Their Aladdin or uh, uh, My Little Pony. Yeah, there were Valentine's. a lot of Disney-themed ones. I do remember that. I feel like Disney Disney Valentines were good. Yeah. But I remember in maybe fourth or fifth grade, Elena wrote to Mikey on the envelope. And maybe she wrote to Abby and to Griffin and to Krista also, but she did write to Mikey and I took that as a sign and never talked to her. Oh no. <laughs> continued, continued never talking to her uh, throughout my entire time in school. That was the first Valentine I remember. What was your first Valentine? So mine was 
very similar, actually, with, yeah, we got the uh, mailboxes in school that we had to either make ourselves or decorate. It would definitely be like an activity. And then, yeah, you get one for everybody in the class. And uh, I didn't get one that had a self-addressed <gasps> name like you did with uh, what, Krista. Krista. <laughs> Elena. Elena. Sorry, Krista was the one. Elena who, was my girl. Who possibly was Krista in was an example. competition. <laughs> um, Dude, Krista so, sucked. Yeah, I, I, that was just the first time I ever got Valentine's. And the reason why it kind of mattered is because, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but for my first grade through third grade, like it's like five, five years of my childhood, I lived in Australia. Mm. And there's plenty of holidays that they don't necessarily celebrate. Uh, Halloween was one of them, and Valentine's Day was one of them, and obviously stuff like Fourth of July, whatever. Uh, so when uh-huh. I came to America in third grade, I was like, "What? I've never even heard of this tradition <laughs> doing this." So it's kind of like the first time I ever really knew that Valentine's Day existed. I got a bunch of candy, and I was like, "This is really nice." I didn't really think about how, like, oh yeah, they're just um, what what's the word for it? like obligation Bad. chocolates it's not like they're just oh. like everybody feels obligated to give you a thing uh i wasn't mm-hmm. thinking about that as a third grader i was just like everybody's so nice they gave me one mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody in my class is so nice had you brought valentine's like you didn't know this was a holiday did you bring something i i did bring it like they told us to and we decorated okay. them because i think you decorate them Whew. a couple days beforehand but like i didn't know until they told us we had to do that and uh mm-hmm. then i told my parents and we went out I can't tell you. I wish I could remember what the first ones I picked out were. They were probably more of like a generic thing because I wasn't really like a Disney kid. Um, but I hadn't discovered Pokemon yet. And Pokemon wasn't mainstream mm. enough to have something like that. But if they there had been, I would have chosen Pokemon. <laughs> oh, I, I remember, Roxy. You picked uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, the <laughs> Darkwing Adventures. <laughs> yeah, you I know, tried, the I tried to make up a French. I tried to make up an anime. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, Xenoblade is the name of an anime video game type thing. It's a JRPG. Yeah. You got that I part, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got them all. Uh, uh, Beyblade Chronicles X. Uh, Soundlight uh, Mirror Drop Danganronpa mm-hmm. Valentine's. Yeah, yep. Uh, or Sailor Moon or Dragon Ball Z probably would have sufficed. <laughs> that's... that's- <laughs> That would have worked. You know me, Mike. You know I love animes. Uh, that title, Drag and Drop, whatever. <laughs> Don't get wrong. That's how it <laughs> My works. My favorite anime. <laughs> yeah, Drag and Drop. <laughs> Chronicles X. <laughs> Riddick. Roxy, last week we made a bet about the movie Valentine. How many kills do yeah, we think we there did. are going to be? I said eight kills. How many did you say? I said five again because five served me well last time. So why not, I mm-hmm. guess? What was it? Not this week. The answer was nine. Damn. Okay, Mikey, you win this week. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Yep. We had uh, Shelly, who was Catherine Heigl, got her throat slit in mm-hmm. a, a sad, kind of off-camera way. <laughs> she, <Yeah>. like, tr- <laughs> she was such a, like, <laughs> one thing we should talk about her death real quick. It was like uh, if you're playing, like, a, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! and you set down a trap card, and you're like, ha-ha, I activated my trap card. And they're like, uh, I, I, that doesn't work. That doesn't work here. Mm-hmm. She was like, I hid in the morgue bag and you'll never find me. And then he just unzipped it and is like, I, I found you. Yeah, I kind and of expected him to just like go away, not finding her. And she was going to be hiding somewhere else. And then she was just in uh-huh. the morgue bag. I was like, oh, OK. 
He just found her. Yeah, she she tried. She made her play, mm-hmm. and it didn't work. It yep. was, she got she got checkmated in two. Yeah, uh, Shelly was the first one killed, and then Lily, who got shot with arrows. Uh, Scary Gary is how um, our dear friends from uh, the Kill Count. What is it? Dead Meat Wiki. Mm-hmm. Scary Gary is what his name was. Uh, he was scalded and beaten with an iron. Oh, okay. Con Man Campbell took an axe. Con Man um, Campbell. I like the just some lady. <laughs> just some lady that um, Ruthie sees the killer dragging out of. Oh yeah, it's like a, a maid, the maid who showed up yeah. for like two seconds. <laughs> uh, and then we get Ruthie killed. Uh, Paige gets electrocuted. Uh, the detective has his severed head in the pond. A very funny plastic head prop, which I forgot to talk about. Yep, very good. So bad. <laughs> so- so we bad. cannot get plastic heads right. <laughs> we have not, uh, certainly in the 2000s, we did not have plastic heads. And then finally, Dorothy was shot by Adam. Mm-hmm. So, nine kills. That means I'm going to take this point. That means the score mm-hmm. is Roxy with 39, Mikey with 29, Ooh. Ty with four. 29, Mikey. Oh, things are happening. Does it mean anything? Roxy, we don't know. Unclear <laughs> what actions we can take down here in the scary basement that will uh, activate some of the arcane magic. And blood spells. Maybe there's a little Miss Bunch of Foots, Mikey, or little Sir, little Mr. Bunch of Foots. <laughs> you got a little Miss Bunch I of Foots. <laughs> I truly hope I don't have to be little Mr. Bunch of Foots. Yeah. Feet objectively grosser than hands. So, yeah, I say I win in that. You know what? I would rather have, I, would, I will say this I'd rather have feet than robotic hooves because clinking on over here, oh, it is the demon bot. Mikey and Roxy. For next week, you must watch M. Night Shyamalan's Signs. What a twist. All right, Roxy, we got signs on the docket. It's Shyamalan Ding Dong. Is this our first? No, this is our second Shyamalan movie because we did Six Sense. Right. So, signs. I think also chronologically, I mean, maybe there were other ones. Oh, in there was between. Unbreakable in the middle of them. Okay. Damn, why are we watching Unbreakable? Unbreakable is really good. Would you rather watch a true horror movie from M. Night Shyamalan? I could change it to the last airbender. All right, we'll watch science. Aliens, aliens <laughs> we'll first, I science. guess. Time for aliens. I thought so. Signs is probably his scariest movie. I feel like a lot of his other movies are like creepy, atmospheric. Like Signs is actively scary. I would. I I do have vivid memories of like the found footage style thing that they had when mm. they first see the alien footage on the TV. I remember being vis- viscerally upset by that and being like, "Oh yeah. my god, it looks so real! Oh my god." That's true. I I have a bunch of like specific memories from signs. I don't remember the whole of the movie yeah. at all. I don't. Rem- I, I know there is an arc, um, but I don't remember that part at all. I remember two or three specific scares that are very. Upset. Also, I think I might have seen Gladiator by that point, and the guy who plays the brother also plays like the evil oh, emperor sure. in Gladiator. So mm-hmm. I was like prepared to not like that guy because I was like, he's a bad guy because he was mean to Russell Crowe in <laughs> Gladiator. And then so, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix, that's it. Yeah. So it's like, that oh, is. I like, I guess I he's a good guy now. <laughs> now I don't know what to think yeah, about Yeah, what him. am I doing? He was mean to Russell Crowe and nice to Mel Gibson's kids? I don't know how to handle that. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got to make a bet for next week, Roxy. All right. What do you say we uh, wager on the number of times a character says the word signs, specifically plural, <laughs> not sign, but signs okay. in the movie signs. Okay. <laughs> So like, yeah, whenever people do that title drop in any movie, whenever yeah. you look for that, to be like, and, <laughs> and I was have to look the directly Valentine. into the camera as they say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were no longer little girls. They were little women. And there you go. Uh, I think that's a Simpsons joke. Uh, how many times do you think they're going to say the word signs in signs? 
Um, I'm gonna say three because I don't know why not three. Three sounds like a good feels number. Right. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna say two. Okay, you're gonna prices right me. Gotcha. I'm gonna price it right, Jeff. What if it's like twenty? What if it's like so many? They're like, look at the signs. I see the signs for the aliens. The signs are from above. <laughs> what if Joaquin Phoenix, uh, his brain breaks and his uh, like comfort technique is to just as a little tick, he just goes sign, 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 sign. Oh my god! Signs. Every one of these signs is plural. Signs, signs, signs. <laughs> You know, that would be something Mr. Shyamalan would do, so, and I don't remember enough cool. of the movie to know if you're wrong or not, so we'll- Now that would be a twist. We'll find out. I was not going, I, I did not go into that movie expecting Joaquin Phoenix to say the word signs over and over. <laughs> what a twist. Roxy, we've talked about a lot of scary things this episode, including uh, killing, mm-hmm. <laughs> being embarrassed in high school, and Ooh. the act of giving out valentines in school. Terrifying. Let's talk about something that makes us happy. What's making you happy this week? What's making me happy this week is that for the past month, I've been taking vitamins regularly, Mikey, and paying Ooh. more attention to my diet, eating way healthier. Um, I didn't like make an official New Year's resolution for this, but it's something I've been keeping up with. I think mm-hmm. making a New Year's resolution can sometimes put the pressure on you to where absolutely you think too much about it, occupies too much of your brain, makes you stress out about it. So I was just like very informally being like, this is just a shift I'm going to try and implement. Let's see how mm-hmm. far I can take it. And I've been doing... Very good so far. feel like my insomnia is not nearly as bad. Like, I might fuck up my sleep schedule, but I'm not, like, staying awake for two days because I'm that hmm. sleep-deprived or whatever. Insomnia hit me bad. feel like my skin is better. You know, I feel like I get less, uh... Not that I get, like, a ton of headaches, but, like, haven't gotten a single headache really recently. Uh, I don't know. Just, it's been better to t- take an effort to be, like... Yeah, maybe think about what you're putting in your body. That's kind of important, <laughs> you know? It turns out. Yeah, um, I've actually been doing similarly. My New Year's resolution, because um, I feel the same way. The pressure is not a good part of it. But my New Year's resolution was to eat nice, eat which nice. is specifically okay. to not eat perfect, but like eat eat better, eat nice. Yeah. And I've been like meal prepping. And yeah, like my energy is up. Have you noticed anything about your energy? Yes. Yeah, I don't need to have like two cups of caffeine the way I used to. Yeah. It's... It's nice. And now when I do have caffeine, I'm fucking vibrating, dude. <laughs> it does what like, it's supposed to. Ca- Coffee's supposed to work. I'm just like, ah! <laughs> I want to I fight. Perfect. That's cool. I love that. Now, now I'll know that if you ever go in the ring, Mike, I'll just have to give you a Red Bull and that'll, that'll do it for you. You don't need a juice. You don't need steroids. You don't need nothing. Just get, give you a Red Bull. <laughs> if I'm ever fighting for the Intercontinental Championship, my performance-enhancing drug is absolutely going to be a Red Bull. <laughs> I'll tell you what's making me happy, Roxy. I found Tucked Away Deep in the Annals of HBO Max, a movie that I kind of forgot about that, um, like many old episodes of The Simpsons, was foundational for my sense of humor and Ah. certainly for my viewpoint in college. Uh Uh-huh. Do you by any chance remember the movie I Heart Huckabees? Just in that it existed? I don't think I ever even (laughs) watched it back then. Uh, what, what is it about? What? I mean, it flopped. Okay. (laughs) It is about, um, it's got one of the great casts of all time. It's not a successful movie. Uh, Dustin Hoffman and Lily Tomlin play married existential detectives. And Jason Schwartzman. Okay. Yeah. Jason Schwartzman has run into this big, tall African guy three times. And he's like, I want to know what it means. And so he goes to them and he's like, investigate my coincidence and tell me what it means. Okay. And 
they are uh it's it's a farce. I think it's like the genre of farce. It's it's very silly, but like there's so many moments where uh Jason Schwartzman is like talking to Lily Tomlin and he's just like Oh, that's very interesting. That's very interesting. Wow. So you guys are uh, existential detectives. Wow. That's such a cool, interesting way of looking at the world. <laughs> uh, don't go to my work. Like, <laughs> like uh, it's seared into my head. Like, my business pr- situation is very precarious right now, and I need you to not go. Like, the timing and delivery of so much of this movie is, like, seared into my memory because I watched it so many times in college. Mm-hmm. And the moment that I was excited to see again, there's a moment where... Um, Jason Schwartzman closes his eyes and thinks about um, the, the the great grand existential nightmare of being. Mm-hmm. And he sees the African guy who he met at an autograph store. Okay. Like a, just like a store where they, or like a photo depository where he's like looking for autographs. Gotcha. And he just sees this, it's like this montage of faces popping up at him. And so it's like Jude Law is in it and he's just like, you're a coward. And then a, a, a woman who he doesn't know is just like, fuck you, Jason Schwartzman. And then <laughs> the African guy walks by, like bobs into camera holding an autograph picture of Shaq. And he just goes, I got Shaquille O'Neal. I like Shaq. <laughs> In the weirdest voice and in the weirdest <laughs> delivery. And I just remember all throughout college, me and my cousin, uh, who are very close, we were just like, I like Shaquille, O'Neal, <laughs> I like Shaq, <laughs> saying it to each other. Uh, so yeah, this movie I totally forgot about. It showed up in my life again, and it's back, baby. Like, I could watch this movie over and over, and I have and did. Mark Wahlberg is in it and is oh. great. Random, okay. In like the perfect Mark Wahlberg role. He's the one who like doesn't believe anything is connected and he thinks everything is nihilistic. But he's just like a dumb firefighter. So he's just like, well, what's the deal with petroleum? <laughs> it's so funny. It's my favorite movie. It's so good. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's on HBO Max. Well, I, I heard Huckabee's. I have never seen it. Now, it. now I know more about it than I ever did. That makes me curious to watch it now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Lily Tomlin, uh, when we, when it reveals that these two existential detectives are married, she comes over. Wait, that was like a secret or something? Well, it was just like, she's like, let me introduce you to my colleague Bernard. And then it's Dustin okay. Hoffman. And uh, and then she gives him a kiss. Oh, okay. And he goes, what are we having for dinner tonight? And she goes, Korean barbecue. And just in the weirdest, it's again, it's the weirdest delivery. She's like, we're having Korean barbecue. He just goes, really? And then just moves on and continues what? talking about whatever is whatever's going on in the story Ugh. okay we got to start talking about stop talking about our huckabees roxy because we are no longer talking about our huckabees it's time for haunted plugs before we say that though i love how much you love oh. i heart huckabees mikey <laughs> <laughs> oh good oh good uh I'm, I'm very much doing the chris farley thing where i'm like here's another part that was was wasn't that awesome like if i met uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg. That's probably all I would talk to him about is uh, his weird delivery about a bunch of things. In my what was the deal with petroleum? I don't know. Did you ever find out? <laughs> he rode his bike everywhere, <laughs> including to the fires. He was a firefighter. <laughs> he didn't ride ride the engine because he okay. didn't want to use petroleum. It was killing the earth. Roxy, oh, okay. okay. It truly now is time for Haunted Plugs. First of all, Uh-oh. make sure that you're following Scary Basement on Twitter at Scary underscore Basement and on Instagram at Scary Basement Pod. Roxy, where can people find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter as Red Mage Roxy, and I am on Twitch as Red Mage Roxy, where I stream three days a week, Ooh. every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. Hell yeah. I am on Twitter 
me, Michael McCaller, on Twitter at SecretBlimp, and I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash SecretBlimp. You'll notice I never say my streaming schedule because I do it sporadically. <laughs> also, make sure to give us five stars this very podcast. We want five stars on iTunes or wherever you're listening to podcasts. We would appreciate it. Also, it would be wonderful if you could leave us a review. That really helps us out. And another way you can show your support even further is by checking out the Patreon for our podcast network, Super NPC Radio. You can sign up at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. You can get bonus episodes of Scary Basement, where we cover horror video games, as well as episodes of Super NPC Radio that Mikey and I host. In addition to all that great stuff, you also have the years and years of content from the rest of the video game-loving folks over at Super NPC. Finally, don't forget to share and scare this podcast with your friends. And finally, as always, do not sign any contracts offered to you by Demon Robots. See you next week. Mm-hmm.